welcome to episode 64 of VB Engage. My name is Stuart Rogers. I'm with VentureBeat. And as usual, I am joined by the founder of CCP Digital, the author of Digital Sense. That's a book, ladies and gentlemen. The one, the only, the goateed, Mr. Travis Wright. How are you doing today? Thank you for that kind introduction. We're at a momentous podcast episode. Will you still need me? Will you still need me? When I'm 64. Thanks for adding that into the show. I think that our listeners will really appreciate the Beatles. Some of them will even know who they are. Uh, And I don't obviously mean the the insects. Uh, Did you know, for example, this is just a wild random fact and nothing to do with marketing or VB Engage, but there are approximately another 10,000 species of beetle discovered every year. Mm. Did you know that? I did not know that. Let's bring it on down to VB Engageville. We're going to talk about a couple of analytics platforms that got some big, big funding. We're going to talk about some interesting stuff that Walmart is doing with their new patent. And our episode interview today is with the one and only Facebook queen, Mari Smith. So we got a great show lined up for you guys today. Yeah, and that episode with Murray Smith was recorded in Vancouver at the fantastic CTA Conf conference that was put on by Unbounce. It's one of our Unbounce series of interviews, and uh, once again, we had an amazing time there, and it was great to interview such awesome people. You know, I'm glad we dropped the insect theme because we're going to talk about Walmart, and nothing is more <laughs> gut wrenching than thinking about insects and supermarkets at the same time. So let's uh, leave that one behind. Travis, you and I have talked about artificial intelligence a lot this year. We have talked about the good of artificial intelligence. We've talked about the bad of artificial intelligence. I think this might be the ugly of artificial intelligence. Tell everybody what Walmart are doing, please. Well, you're making you're making jokes about Walmart and intelligence, and I just, I mean, I've walked through many WalMarts, and I don't know that intelligence <laughs> is something that is prevalent. <laughs> I've seen people of Walmart.com. So Walmart is going to scan for unhappy shoppers using facial recognition. And I don't know, but every time I've been in Walmart, I don't know that I look happy (laughs) to be in Walmart. It's going to have some skewed data. So Walmart is using artificial intelligence to actually view the emotions of people in their store. And they're going to use it at the existing security and checkout cameras to read people's faces. And they filed a patent on this. I don't know uh, if this is the right application of artificial intelligence you know we've talked about artificial intelligence in in the use of retail quite a lot there's some really smart stuff out there there's people that are using existing cctv cameras to identify when there are missed scans at those self-scanning aisles or when people are you know maybe not scanning on purpose and putting stuff in the bag and then they can send a little message to a security on their smart watches and say hey you should just go and check that that person has all the stuff they're supposed to have and not anymore and of course we've seen the amazon pop-up store and and there's other technologies whereby you'll just be able to go into a store grab what you need and it will automatically recognize what you picked up and it will charge your credit card when you leave i think this is a step too far so whatever happened travis to the idea of just keeping some humans around i mean you know, this auto-scanning tech, for me, and I, I don't know if you feel the same way, is not an opportunity to replace all of the tellers with nobody and replace the shelf stackers with robots. Um, it's an opportunity, I think, to replace the tellers who have to do quite a boring job sitting there just going beep, beep, beep all day and put them in customer service positions throughout the store to help people. And, of course, 
you can then tell as a human being if somebody is unhappy or frustrated and actually help them. What what good is it going to do to automatically see who's ha- unhappy or frustrated if there's nobody left employed in the store to go and help them in the first place. Right. There's a lot of stores that use these self-checkout lanes and they place like one person in between four of those. I know Home Depot, a large hardware company uh, in the United States, they have their little four areas and uh, there's one person sort of guarding that particular area. Now, one thing I think about this as well, they mentioned in the article is that that's not something that Amazon really has to worry about online. They don't worry about people's emotions or if they're happy or they're sad. You know, with their acquisition of Whole Foods, this is something they may need to consider down the road. But you're scanning for unhappy customers. I mean, is AI really good at that? Can they tell? And it mentions this in the article. Can you tell if somebody's just really tired or that they're angry or depressed? I don't know. And it's weird that they're going to be scanning and doing AI analysis on every face that comes through the checkout line, that's a little big brother creepy kind of thing because, I mean, there's these databases that you're going to be able to identify through the purchasing of the card and then matching stuff up. I mean, it's weird to me. Do they then start retargeting and targeting items at you based on your prevalent emotions? If you're just one of those people that they mark up on their databases permanently sad, are you going to start getting coupons for Kleenex? I mean... (laughs) I can't deal with this. This is a future that I do not want. So Walmart, if you're listening to this, please stop. Feel free to have your patent so that you can sue people and make some money because, of course, that's how everyone makes money these days. Very sad, I know, but it's true. But please don't implement this. I don't shop at Walmart much anyway, and so you're really not going to lose a customer with me. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of recording data and understanding data, you know, there is nothing that you can do in marketing that doesn't require you to measure the results of your hypotheses and your tests and your campaigns and you know whether this is working or not and attribution and you absolutely have to know this stuff if you don't know your numbers if you don't have access to your data you are might as well just like throw the money in a in a trash can and and you know pour some kerosene on it and light it up have a fire extinguisher available handy because that could get out of control very, very quickly. But you may as well just do that. So we have to have analytics platforms. And interestingly, this week, I thought was interesting anyway, two major analytics platforms actually received some pretty serious funding within a space of a day or so from each other. They both are part of that massive analytics landscape. And when I say massive, Travis, we did a study at VB Insight on mobile analytics. And I have to tell you, We actually stopped counting solutions once we got to the first 700 that mattered. We decided to call it a day at 700. There's like just a few that are like the top tier ones, right? Like Mixpanel and a couple of other ones. I mean, isn't there like the A level and then there's like a bunch of people who like wish they were Mixpanel? Yeah, you've got the A level, which is 10 to 15 Uh core products that do really, really well. And then everybody else is basically filling up the 700. It is pretty amazing. But there's a couple that that have started to really stick their head up above the parapet and they're uh, getting into that top level. I would say they're they're probably already there. Amplitude is one. They raised $30 million in a Series C round. They started in 2012. They do product analytics. They have some really smart stuff. It's really easy to use. It gives you everything that you need to know in terms of what is happening with your product and what is happening in, in you know with, with changes to your product so that you can really test things and see what that's going to do for you. And they, they count quite a lot of 
really big customers um, in their ranks. They actually look after people like Twitter and Microsoft and PayPal and Adidas and Under Armour. So, you know, they're doing pretty well. And they've, they've got a lot of people that uh, they employ to try and win this analytics game. Yeah, so they've doubled their employees in the past year and plan on doubling them again in the next 12 months. So they're making some some good moves over there at Amplitude. And that just that's a cool name, Amplitude. This other one has a pretty good name too, Parsley. Parse.ly, they've received 6.8 million Series B. Parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. This is clearly the 1960s musical episode of yes, TV. Yes, the Silicon Scarborough Fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> Parsley is really interesting to me because they have actually bucked the trend for pretty much most Silicon Valley startups. They launched in 2015 a brand new platform built on a brand new infrastructure. They put together you know, some really interesting analytics tools together around that new platform. And what they're claiming is that they've actually reached profitability, which is something that a lot of Silicon Valley startups just can't claim. It's as simple as that. Uh, you know, the standard Silicon Valley approach here is use other people's money to buy yourself as much runway as possible and then create something that will get bought before you run out of cash. It's really interesting to me that Parsley who are looking after the likes of Time and Hearst and Condé Nast and Wall Street Journal and Bloomberg because they're more of a publisher analytics platform. They're also picking up some consumer brands. They've got HelloFresh and Ben and & Jerry's. They're making a profit, which is something that uh, can't be said of a lot of Silicon Valley startups. And, you know, those two together, if you're a product specialist, if you're a product manager, you want to have a look at Amplitude. If you're a publisher, you want to have a look at Parsley. Two really, really good analytics platforms that are making waves and they've now got extra money to go and really bite into the Google Analytics and mix panels of this world. I think it could have been named a little bit better because you did throw that it's uh, notable media clients is time. So <clears throat> parsley, Ben and Jerry's in time. <laughs> Can we just apologize to the listeners for that one? I feel like we have to. I feel like sometimes we should have like a disclaimer yeah. uh, at the start of the show that Travis will occasionally burst into song and sometimes it will include very, very bad puns. <laughs> Uh, so Joel Kamm and I have recently started a podcast just around cryptocurrency and blockchain, and he also busts in the song quite frequently. And so I think I'm being enabled to bust into more song. Just it's my natural state of busting into random weird owl light sometimes. At least we've moved into the uh, 80s as far as music references are concerned. Fantastic. That's Weird Al is still going these days, of course. He's not dead, yeah. You know, still- that's about as uh, high praise as you can give him. He's not dead. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> you know, Facebook, of course, within their advertising platform, they actually do some pretty good stuff in terms of analytics. They report everything you could possibly want to know about your campaigns. And Facebook is uh, a really interesting platform for me. It's still As far as like acquisition is concerned, user acquisition and user acquisition for, you know, non-apps like products and services that you're pushing. Facebook really is the the 500 pound gorilla that you can't ignore. They're a pretty good startup. I think they're they're gaining some pretty solid traction. Yeah. What are you, a futurist all of a sudden? (laughs) We got a nice little interview with somebody who knows a little something about Facebook, right? You heard it here first, listeners. And if you want to leverage the fresh young face that is Facebook, you need to talk to and we did, Murray Smith. Let's get into that interview because there are some fascinating insights for those of you who need to leverage Facebook, which is pretty much everybody these days. Let's go.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have a great treat for us today. We have the one and only Mari Smith with us, and she is a premier Facebook marketing expert. She's fresh off the stage here at the CTA conference here in Vancouver, put on by Unbounce, and she was gracious and awesome enough to give us a few minutes to chat. So Mari, welcome to VB Engage. Greetings. So excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, awesome, awesome to have you here. I loved your session, and uh, it was amazing. We talk a lot about just marketing in general, but you know, let's let's focus on Facebook. I mean, the thing that kind of annoys me a little bit about Facebook is that we've got into this position where startups seem to have this attitude where they come into the business and they're like, if we can just get 0.01% of Facebook's you know audience, we'll be millionaires. But of course, it just doesn't work like that. I mean, what are some of the things that marketers really should be focused on instead of you know trying to just get that uh, little bit of Facebook audience, you know, what should they really be focusing on when it comes to leveraging Facebook for good for their businesses? Yeah, let's talk about three main things. I would say number one, first and most important is that businesses for probably about 10 years have thought if they just go for bigger is better. Let's get likes, let's get more, the more reach, the more engagement we can possibly get. Of course, reach and engagement are important, but it's not like let's get millions of fans and then we'll make millions. How about we dial it back and we go for a, a much more focused, laser targeted, highly engaged audience of people who are your ideal prospects. That's number one. So just doesn't really almost even a mindset shift. Then the other two components are, are I talked about a lot in my, in my keynote yesterday, is uh, video and mobile. Okay, so 90% of the almost 2 billion uh, active users on Facebook are accessing 90% on uh, mobile, mobile, predominantly mobile. In fact, 40% of Facebook users have never accessed on desktop, only on mobile devices. Mm. Most of those 40%? Be, yeah, now most of those would be in developing countries mm. where like they just have a mobile phone or a mm. smartphone, you know? And so what Facebook is absolutely like hurtling towards at a rapid rate is digital streaming video. Lightening up to be in competition with Amazon Prime, uh, Netflix, YouTube, Hulu, I heard uh, Spotify is going to be bringing streaming video, and this is like the next big thing. So as businesses, whether startups, small, medium size, any size, you've got to be producing really good quality video, well lit, good audio. We were just talking offline there. You can inject humor and be entertaining, so whatever your topic is. We have a problem with that. We're not very funny, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I we're know. just saying that. I mean, that's, that's going to be something. You maybe go to a comedy class on, or yeah, something. Yeah, improv, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, because what Facebook is capitalizing on is the up-and-coming generations. They're constantly on their mobile devices. And the phenomenon of binge-watching, so they're investing up to $3 million per episode for original, scripted, made-for-television-quality shows that are episodic from 3 to 30 minutes. And then they're capitalizing on the youth and okay, we're all useful here. I know I've been known to binge watch a wee bit, not like all mm-hmm. weekend. <laughs> but it's like, if people will watch, oh, that was really good, right? It's three minutes. Oh, before you know it, another three minutes or 15 minutes, whatever the, the series is. And more time on site, that's what it's all about from Facebook's perspective. Right. You get those eyeballs locked onto that little screen and you can sell ads way more. And it also, to that point, I mentioned this in my talk yesterday too, is that Facebook said about a year ago, come summer of this year, which here we are now, they are literally running out, quote unquote, of an ad inventory in the mobile news feed, because that's where everybody is, because that's a limited amount of wee bit of real estate there. And right now they're maxing out it. Every third post is an ad. 
and you know a lot of people don't even necessarily notice there's a new sponsored label on there and it's funny I was just spending some time with my mother and I'm like she's like oh I never noticed oh I get ads in my feed I wonder what these things were and I'm like pointing out so you're not thinking it's a sponsor yeah sponsor <laughs> you're their target audience they're targeting you oh, oh I see Jesus so they're like, we're trying to work out what exactly do you do, Mario? What do you? I'm like, I help people with their Facebook ads is a big part of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Oh. <laughs> oh, so I have a question about that because, you know, on YouTube, it's been such a great place for these independent creators to create because yeah. they're actually getting paid ad revenue, yes. right? Yeah. And then I know this was a big problem on Facebook. You know, I think they're trying to start curbing that, though, where there's, oh, here's an amazing video on YouTube. And then somebody who didn't even make it will download it and then upload it on their page. And then they're getting all these views where it's you know that kind of hurts the creator what do you notice that facebook is doing for those independent creators because there's a lot of amazing independent you know hilarious video creators out there that it costs money to do these you know to, to publish these things and then some people are trying to do this full time and youtube has had a really great way of actually paying based on those ads what is facebook doing in that area to ensure that those creators are are, are getting taken yeah. care of well, I love that you brought this up because two things comes up. First of all, when Facebook was really driving video, I want to say like maybe three years ago, like really accelerating. Actually, you remember the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge? Mm-hmm. That absolutely like hockey stick spiked up the view, video views on, on Facebook like nothing on earth. And then, of course, Chewbacca Mom, and then she's the most viewed <laughs> live video. And so, but to your point, the practice of scraping videos on YouTube or other sites and then uploading them natively to Facebook. It's called freebooting and it really became an issue. In fact, I wrote an article about it last year on a Social Media Examiner and all the different things that the original creator can do to try to protect that. So fortunately, now, finally, once Facebook's got all their videos or views up, they're like, ooh, we got a problem. So there are different uh, like owned content uh, triggers and filters and reporting systems. And uh, for instance, specifically around music, like I know I've done a Facebook Live and event, and if they happen to be playing background music, yeah. I've lived for more than like 20 or 30 seconds, and I'm on my phone, and I think, Oh, cool, this is going to go. And then I go, the first time I go to desktop, it will literally pop up and say, hey, we didn't post your live. We noticed you were playing, they literally say the artist and the song in the background. Right. So copyrights and all that. So that's good news. On the flip of that, what is Facebook doing for these creators, similar to YouTube? One of the things I'm really excited about, I'm talking about this a little bit lately, I feel that Facebook right now in terms of video is like YouTube 10 years ago. 10, maybe 8, 10 years ago. In other words, the creators have an opportunity right now to absolutely establish themselves, even if they are long established on YouTube or even if they're not. Stake your claim on Facebook and begin to build that audience of viewers that will really tune into a regular show, live and or recorded videos or VOD, uh, Facebook calls it video on demand. And they will be monetizing and sharing the revenue. They're doing some tests right now with mid-roll ads. They've absolutely sworn uh, for the longest time, Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg's like, we, are, we will never do pre-roll, we're not going to do forced, you know, like YouTube does, you, you kind of count the seconds down until you can skip the ad. Mm. But obviously they work for YouTube, but uh, they've sworn they're only going to do mid-rolls and then they are sharing the revenue. So that's one element of it. And honestly, I think it's going to take a bit of a learning curve for the viewers, for the consumers of the content, because... Video on demand, not so much, because you realize you're watching the video. We're kind of used to it. But could you imagine it's going to be like live television or just television, period? You are watching somebody live, and they've gone live for about two minutes. And all of a sudden, you see this little countdown timer. Hello, we interrupt this live video to bring you this ad. It might be 
10 seconds, 15 seconds. And that's, again, it's going to be very targeted to each mm. viewer. It just does it on yeah. its own. No, but see, the creator, the presenter, the broadcaster, mm. they have signed off with Facebook to say, yep. hey, yeah. Okay, you- so if this is going right now and I'm doing a live video, I don't know when that video, I might be talking during those 10 seconds. Yeah, right? you'll see a countdown, though, unless you, you yeah. look at another screen. But mm-hmm. you would see, as okay. the presenter, it's going to go... We're going to break for an ad in five, four, gotcha. three, two, and then you just like, you know, sit there and twirl your thumbs for 15 seconds. And I've seen the mid-rolls because obviously I, I see all the, the tests that Facebook are doing. Mm-hmm. I've also seen the reaction to the mid-rolls as well. Yeah, people just click off, right? Is that yeah, what you're it's, so it's far? pretty voracious at the moment. It's, uh, you know, people are just not happy with these mid-roll ads. Yeah. You know, as soon as they cut in, especially if you've started to watch a video and, you know, maybe you want a bit of light relief. Yeah. All right. You go to Facebook for a little bit of light relief. There's a funny video. You click it. You know, maybe you're having a coffee break at work, and there's a funny video. And halfway through the funny video, you get an advert for ten seconds. Like that's completely killed the mood. I'm now going to go back and, and do some more work. Exactly. You're going to yeah. just bounce away from those those adverts every single time. And that's kind of interesting. I mean, from a marketer's perspective, is it worth them signing up for? the possibly scant revenue because of course you know in YouTube circles it's a big topic of conversation right now that even if you've got millions of, of subscribers mm-hmm. you're getting hundreds of dollars now because really? you know it's been really cut back wow. Facebook aren't going to be able to offer that much more in terms of revenue to the creator so do you think marketers should be holding back right now from signing up for these programs and really just focus on the content or do you think marketers should be signing up for this for the scant revenues that are available just so that they you know, are in the game. My own personal opinion would be hold back for now, unless you literally have millions of viewers. Well, actually, in the beta test right now, Facebook's like you have to be broadcasting for, oh gosh, what exactly are the numbers? Well, first of all, you have a blue check verified profile or page. That's the first criteria. 2,000. You have to have a minimum 2,000 followers on the profile or page. And you have to have 300 concurrent viewers. In fact, they were using the word concurrent, and I think people were mistaking it for aggregate, and then mm. they were like 300 at the same time viewing, mm. right? So that's actually a fairly high bar for, for, for most people. Because you might cumulatively get thousands of viewers like by the time you've done your live broadcast, but to actually make sure there's 300 views at the same time. Mm-hmm. So if you're a big business and you're getting like thousands, hundreds of thousands of millions of views, sure, there might be some decent revenue there for the rev share. But to your point, oh my gosh, I, I really see that the user experience, that could affect the broadcaster. They're getting interrupted. It's their brand, their show, and the viewers watch it. All interrupted and brought in an ad. You don't really have any control over what the ad is, but the viewer is going to connect that to you initially. Mm-hmm. We don't do that with television. We've just come to know for decades. You're watching a show, some dumb ads come on, some great ads, some awesome ads, some Super Bowl funny ads, whatever. But you don't go, oh, I'm not watching this show because the ad was rubbish. But I think on Facebook, there's this there's definitely a learning curve education curve but no matter what like I say I use that word hurtful Facebook is hurtling at rapid speed towards grabbing a piece of the television advertising industry it's between 75 and 80 billion dollars in the US alone and and Facebook's watching see Amazon Prime like doubled their share of digital downstreaming video in the last couple of years and they're totally on the map they just won that first time ever won an Oscar for uh, was that Manchester by the Sea it's a good movie you know, Jeff Bezos in the audience there. Woo. <laughs> First Oscars is like, okay, I can see you got Netflix at the top and then YouTube 
and then Amazon, and, and that's an order of the share of digital downstreaming video. And before long, Facebook will be on that chart. Mm -hmm. And they, they, they've got their eye on this additional revenue stream. Right. Now, one of the things that, uh, that I've seen uh, recently, and you actually included it in your presentation yesterday, is you know, you're seeing a video, and then you can actually see the products down below yes. where they're doing e-commerce, which when we're just having that conversation where if you're having a live video, and then there's like a Beatles song playing in the background, and they're like not showing your live video, why don't they just put it down there below and say, oh, this song was the Beatles, click here to buy it, right? Like they could totally create a revenue stream out of that. But what, what are some of the, um, the interesting use cases? The, I think the very first time that I saw that, I didn't see an article about it, I literally saw it. It was a video where this lady created these fake power outlets and that she was putting them on walls at the airport. She would then she was videoing people walking up trying to put their cord in the the sticker that looked like a wall outlet, and then underneath it it said, "Oh, for five ninety nine, buy three of these stickers." And I was like, "Whoa, that is awesome! I've never seen that before." So, what are some of the cool things that companies are, are able to do now with video and, and e commerce? Yeah, well, in Facebook in particular, they have the shop, so anybody can have a shop on their Facebook page, and can, people can actually go ahead and purchase and check out using at Stripe and literally check out right on the page, never leaving Facebook. Again, as a marketer, you want to remember, you've got people on their phones, you don't want to take them off Facebook if you can help it. So for instance, there's instant articles, there's Canvas ads, which is really immersive, full screen, uh, and there's what's called lead ads, where people can just like tap a button, Facebook already has your email, you see your email there, sure, I want to opt in for this. And then in terms of uh, what you're talking about, this brand new, it's not out yet. It was a, a brief beta test with Shopify and Facebook and the ability to go live and stream and have products swipe left and right below that live. And you can go ahead and tap and select your size, your color, your quantity, check out. And all the while the floating, the live is playing as a floating player. Live. So you can be watching, oh, wait a minute, I want to buy this thing too, add to cart. Oh, all right, add to cart. It's like literally live television, live video broadcasting meets QVC or HSN, Home Shopping Network. Mm -hmm. Now, for retail, B2C, brilliant. Impulse purchases, that kind of thing. But when I first saw that and, and, and studied a bit more of it in the beta, I started thinking of all kinds of implications for, for B2B as well and for all kinds of things. If you're in the business of selling something, which of course you must be if you're in business, whether it's product or service, do some testing with that. That's again, not out yet, but be thinking ahead. Oh my gosh, for practically no cost, you can have your own television show and sell or at least get leads at the real time while you're talking, engaging with people. Mm -hmm. Now then, if we could just switch real quick to last week, Facebook had their first ever community summit. Mm. And, and so the group, so but they're running out of ad inventory. And so now they're building a separate video news feed. It's a little button at the bottom. A lot of people have it in the US anyway. So it's just, just video. And then with groups, I'm watching closely what they're doing with that. That will be another significant revenue stream at the moment. A really short number or small number of groups can promote their groups, like basically buy an ad to promote your group. And I thought, oh yeah, and they just brought out group insights. So again, I know groups are very engaging. I mean, it seems like if you put something in a group yeah. instead of a page, yeah. like a page is like, you put it on a group, it's like, you're like yeah. Whoa, all kinds of engagement, all kinds of likes. It's amazing. That's, I like the sound effects. That's yeah. exactly what it's like. It's, it's, that's exactly the way that they sound in my head when, when, I, when I hear those. I have a question around video advertising, right? So I have an agency in Kansas City where we do a lot of Facebook ads and social ads. Yeah. What are your thoughts around video advertising and maybe what are some, some tips that people are, are sure. using video in their ads? How can they make it more impactful? 
powerful and convert more effectively. Because I know people will watch yeah. watch a certain point, but then it's hard sometimes I found to get them to actually click on something. They're watching a little bit of second. They go, "Okay, that's great. I watched. I got three seconds or ten seconds, but click the button here, you guys. Is yeah. there ways to put calls to action in those videos? Yes, yes. So when you Facebook when they first brought out video organically, natively free, you could immediately finish loading up your video or doing your live. You could go in and add a call to action button for free. If you learn more, shop now, download whatever it might be, and then they took it away. Right? So Facebook will give you something for free and organic, and they'll, ooh, that's working well. We can monetize that. Let's take it away. So mm. now the only way to get a call to action button on a video is if you're doing an ad. So a little ninja trick that I love to, to, to share. If you go to your mobile and you definitely want the Pages Manager app, anybody who's managed a page should have Pages Manager app, and you go in, you press the wee button as if you're going to go and boost that post, and it will give you the call to action button. Now you can Only via the mobile app? Mm-hmm. Now you mm. can go ahead and boost it for sure, but you could like let it get approved and then maybe you decide to pause the campaign for now until you get back to your desk and do your ads manager and do some split testing, whatever. But as soon as you give Facebook a dollar or two even, you'll get that call to action button. So right. that's helpful in a video ad or even organic. My good friend Ezra Firestone, he has a, a company called Smart Marketer and then he's also part owner in a beauty business, cosmetics and skincare called Boom by Cindy Joseph fabulously successful digital marketing company they sell all online and he does amazing things with his video ads and he was like doing these tests where you know how Facebook counts three seconds as a video view well that's like autoplay did people really see it did it just go three three seconds and then they flip by it or are people really consuming you know half the the, the whole video whatever so Ezra for example would do like a six minute video and people would be consuming like four and a half minutes which is a massive captive audience. And he did all the math and worked it out. He spends millions on these video ads and he got it down to 36 cents a view. Now you might think, oh my gosh, I'm looking for more like a penny a view. Oh wait, a penny a three second view versus 36 cents for four and a half minute right. view. That is a hot audience ready to buy that you can then do some retargeting and feed in the next level of content. And so I think, you know, to your point, Travis, I think that we want to make sure that business audiences aren't thinking, oh, if I just put up a video and make it in an ad, then the money's going to start flowing. People are going to, it's like, it's a, it's a, almost like a, a nurturing campaign, a sequence where, you know, you're, you're basically getting people to know you and trust you and want to buy from you. And it might not be on that first touch, it might be on the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh touch, yeah. you know, and, and building that in with the pixel on the, on the, on the landing page and whatnot, which I, I know is your agency, you know, all of Absolutely. <laughs> Good stuff. That's fantastic. Um, listen, we could speak yes. to you all day about We're Facebook, time. but unfortunately we can't. We have a finite amount of time. Finite. Time. Mary, thank you so, so much for being on VB Engage today. It's been fascinating. Absolutely. And how can people connect with you online? Yeah, mariesmith.com. Uh, on Facebook.com slash mariesmith, one blue with the blue check is my page. And on Twitter, I'm at mariesmith. And Instagram, at mari underscore smith. Very nice. Uh-huh. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much to Mari Smith for joining us on VB Engage. What a great treat. Love her. She is brilliant, and she has such a great energy about her. Uh, if you guys missed last week's episode, we had another great interview with the one and only Rand Fishkin, the Wizard of Moz. We were talking about SEO and his thoughts on AI, how that's going to impact marketing. Uh, he doesn't think it's going to impact marketers' jobs as much. So it was a really interesting conversation. Uh, Love that chat with Rand. That was very engaging. And next week, 
we have the king of unmarketing, Mr. Unpodcast himself, Scott Stratton, is on the show. We interview him fresh off the stage of the CTA conference there put on by Unbounce in Vancouver last month. So you're going to want to tune in to that as well. So as always, this has been episode 64. If you enjoyed it, uh, please go to iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play and give us a rating and a review. We really appreciate that. That actually inspires us to keep creating great content for you guys. So please do that. We really appreciate you tuning in. And uh, for Travis Wright, goodbye. Uh, for Stuart Rogers, it's Shindy Dua. We'll see you guys next week.